0: Going on everybody welcome back to the go in the distance podcast presented by immaculatesports.com twitter's at of max sports
1: uh instagram is also at of sports there you go tiktok youtube immaculate
0: sports it's episode 54 week two of the nfl season week four of the college football no three we're gonna be three, yeah. previewing 4
1: mm-hmm yes yeah. Uh, it's, it's been crazy. It was a good week too of the NFL, Uh, pretty good week in college football. I don't think anything too out of the sorts really happened. Uh, and baseball, I mean, the races are yeah. heating up. Obviously it's late September. We got two more weeks to go in that. So, uh, we're going to have football in the first half. We're going to have a uh, pretty college football, uh, themed halftime. Mm-hmm. And then uh, baseball, second half, and then finish off with our bets. Uh, episode 54, though, it's just me and Skylar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett couldn't make it. Uh, and Alex, cause Alex uh, shout out to Ian because his favorite number is 54. Yeah, that's my favorite on. number, 54. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my favorite number, 54 of all time, it's close. You go with Goose Gossage or you could go with a younger oldest Chapman. And uh, Reds to Chapman was very, very likable. So I'll go with that one.
0: Yeah. When I think of 54, I just think of a Punisher middle linebacker. So it's Zach Thomas, Brian Urlacher for me too. Well, a future Hall of Famer. And I don't think Urlacher's there yet, but he will be. hmm so, yeah.
1: 100%. Yeah. Those are two good options right there. And uh this, uh, I don't know, 54 is a solid number. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to get really interesting with this once we get to, like, uh, I don't know, like 76, 77. Morgan at- Moses. <laughs> back some, some random O-linemen uh, that are playing. But let's get to our opener. My opener is going to be Anthony Gose, uh relieving pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. I don't know. Uh, mo- most people might just be like, oh, why are you talking about this, dude? He's just the random reliever. Uh, he's throwing triple digits. And he also was an outfielder uh, for the Blue Jays in, in their their big uh, years in 2012, 2013, 2014. And then last appeared in the game in 2016 with the Detroit Tigers as an outfielder. Speedster, great athlete, didn't hit for a lot of power, but stole a lot of bags. And obviously had a good arm because he's throwing 100 now in the big leagues. Uh, he was on the USA team in Tokyo. He pitched four innings scoreless for them Uh 49 Ks and 33 innings for the triple a Columbus squad, uh, with the Indians. Now he's back up and he, uh, he pitched an inning two thirds yesterday. I believe he a up, up, up a run, uh, but a couple Ks and he pitched well. He's the pumping the it's good, to too. See, good to see comeback stories like that. And another comeback story that we got going on that I just now added to my opener was Chris Bassett. Hmm. Uh, He's going to be returning to the mound on Thursday. Obviously, we had a whole episode where that that whole spiel happened with him uh, uh, a couple episodes back, uh, but he's coming back, and it's going to be something big for the A's, and hopefully that leaps them into uh, a way that they can rattle off maybe seven or eight in a row and sneak their way into the playoffs. Yeah,
0: Seabass is big, obviously, but... You know, the Anthony Ghost story is so interesting because, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the casual MLB fan probably won't remember him. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the enthusiasts, like the guys who started podcasts about sports, I remember Anthony Ghost on the Tigers. And I, you know, wasn't shocked to see him resurface, but I was shocked to see him pumping 100 in an MLB game. Exactly, yeah. There you go. All right. And my opener. Oh, man. Oh, man, Kyle. Fresno State wins 40 to 37 against UCLA. This was one of the greatest Moments in college football in recent memory, if I've ever watched. Jake Hayner, Fresno State quarterback. He's from the Bay Area. He went to Monta Vista, right near us. Mm -hmm. They have a big lead and they lose it. A couple bad fumbles. Okay. UCLA retakes the lead. Jake Hayner with three minutes left gets hit. One helmet in the left hip, one helmet in the right hip. He's done for, is what we thought. He comes out, Mm -hmm. throws a touchdown pass very next play. He falls on the ground in pain, crying, (laughs) screaming. He was like, dad, dude, that was crazy. UCLA scores quickly, regains the lead with 50 seconds left. I'm watching this game with my dad. We're like, man, this sucks. it's, It's the story of what could have been. Out comes hobbling out. Jake Hayner, he's not done. He comes back out every single throw. He falls to the ground crying, stays in the game, throws the game-winning touchdown. It was magnificent. 455 yards, two touchdowns in the final three minutes. Uh There's no injury update as of today, so that's weird. But I assume yeah. he'll be out for next week.
1: Colleges do little weird things when yeah. it comes to injuries. They don't really have to show it until game time. Uh mm. But... I'm going to go with another honorable mention uh, yeah. for another opener, and that's going to be TJ Friedel, uh, Reds rookie, hitting his first career home run. Uh, Pleasanton product went to Foothill High School uh, here in Pleasanton. And we we saw a scene, uh, it was all over like Bleacher Report, Sports Center, all those things. Uh, he hits a home run. Mookie Betts is playing right field uh, in, in that game for the Dodgers, as Reds are putting the Dodgers in that. And uh, the fan throws the ball back to Mookie Betts because they know it's his first career home run. Mookie Betts throws it in the dugout. Next, next inning, uh, Mookie Betts goes out on the field, brings his bat out, and gives it to the fan uh, that, that gave uh, the ball back, which is a pretty cool scene. I know Friedel and uh, Betts spoke on the phone later, which is actually uh, – that seems absolutely yeah. insane.
0: Mookie's a cool guy.
1: Uh, yeah, Mookie's very, very likable superstar, even if you're a Giants fan or a Padres fan, you, you, there's no way you can dislike the, the character and, and, and guy that Mookie Betts is. All right. On to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. I know Skyler got pissed off for me for some of the I was, it I wasn't not It wasn't a pissed include. off. I was just
0: like, whoa. Uh, whoa
1: he didn't whoa. like that. didn't include Jake Hayner or uh, Matt Coral in this. But I went with all NFL guys uh, for this week's choice. And there was four choices. There was uh, Tom Brady who went 24 for 36, 276 yards and five touchdowns was against a lackluster Falcons defense, but nonetheless, very good game for the 44 year old Tom Brady. Uh, Next up was Lamar Jackson. Obviously started off slow in that Sunday night game, but played off in a big way after he went 18 for 26, 346 total yards, (laughs) excuse me, Uh, three total touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, and he was amazing in the second half of that game. He was going off. He was, Kansas City just could not stop him. And they finally beat Kansas City for the first time in Lamar Jackson's career. Next up was Derrick Henry. 41 touches in the in the game at Seattle. Uh, 236 total yards and three touchdowns. And the big thing for this, uh, for Derrick Henry, is I saw him be a bit of a receiving back at times too. Usually, uh I mean, 170-yard games are nothing to to just look past. But for Derrick Henry, that happens pretty much on a weekly basis, it seems like. And so when he has 55 yards out of the backfield as a receiver, it's pretty notable. And he had, he had a very good game for the Titans in their overtime win in Seattle. And then lastly, I had Cooper Cup, uh, nine catches, 163 yards, and two touchdowns. And the voting went down to Derrick Henry uh, getting immaculate worst player of the week. So we had... Chandler Jones last week for five sacks. And we have Derrick Henry this week for his 236 total yards. If you want to go vote next week, uh just look Monday night and it's gonna be there during the game.
0: On Twitter every
1: week. Exactly. Uh now it's we're only gonna do the Raider and Jet reports uh because mm. Brett's not here and we don't wanna talk about the Niners if we don't have to. Uh so Skyler, Tell me what you saw yeah. in uh, that, that game on Sunday.
0: Okay. So the Jets lost 25 to six. We all know what happened. Okay. Zach Wilson threw four picks. Zach Wilson sucked today. Denzel Mims was a healthy and active, and he's one of the, you know, most athletic freaks in the NFL, at least at the wide receiver position. And I don't want to hear about the same old Jets. Should have kept Sam Darnold. Let me let me tell you what's going on here what's happening is we got a rookie head coach a rookie offensive coordinator and a rookie quarterback and they don't know what they're doing yet and that's okay it sucks to watch but but we have to accept that we're still light years ahead from last year Uh, I want to talk about some positives though because surprisingly we had some Michael Carter the rookie running back he's going to be starting soon he looks really good Uh, the defense has been great top 10 and tackles for loss and quarterback hits
1: Kept, I did see that Damian Harris touchdown though where he just I was
0: about to get there. Damian Harris had one good run other than that this defense kept Okay, it, he broke seven tackles on the run. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'll yes. I'll give the Jets defense a pass in this case because they were on the field so much in this game. I mm. mean 25 points in a game where your your offense probably had the ball for what uh 25 minutes of the game. Uh it's just like it, it's 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 an understandable game uh and obviously we're in gifted great field position with the bolson picks but uh definitely long ways to go
0: yeah and even in the carolina game too we should have been blown out we lost by six points so we'll take it uh and the unfortunate thing about all this kyle is that the same exact thing will happen next week at denver uh we just need guys to stay healthy yeah and that's the jet report
1: on to the Raider report, uh, it was an interesting week. I feel like, uh, the, well, the Raiders got the job done in in, in Pittsburgh, which is a very big uh, deal uh, for Raider fans. 26-17, obviously one of the biggest all-time rivals for the Raiders is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and winning in their house feels really, really good. And what uh, uh, catch was it in the uh, AFC Championship? You mean the drop? The ball that hit the ground? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about that one. Uh, but... <laughs> It was, a, it was a very interesting game because at the start, there was a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, a lot, uh, three drives ended with a field goal uh, when the Raiders probably should have put more points on the board. Uh, defense was playing great. Defense played great all game. Uh, secondary looks the best I've ever seen it in, in history. Casey Hayward, uh, through two games, has five targets, hasn't allowed a reception yet. Trayvon Mullen's been locked down. mayrig has been very good, and Abram. Uh, not over-pursuing as many things as he's over-pursued before. Pass rush looks very, very good uh, with Ningakwe and Max Crosby. Crosby, I believe, has the most pressures in the NFL out of any guy right now. And Ningakwe is right up there as well, Uh, just a couple pressures behind him. Derek Carr is playing like an MVP right now. I mean, 382 yards and two touchdowns. You could say it was against a hurt Steelers team, but we were playing with the hurt offensive team as well with Richie incognito and Josh Jacobs out. Uh, and he still got the job done. We had no running game. And so they knew we were passing and it didn't matter with Derek. And he was just donning up uh, Henry Ruggs led the way receiving wise five catches, 113 yards and one touchdown. The majority of that coming on a 61 yard touchdown to put the Raiders back up by nine in the fourth quarter. It was a fun game. We got Miami next week at home. I mean, if you're the Raiders, you got to go blow Miami out now at this point. this is the point where you, you're you done making statements. You just you play the way how a good football team should play. And that's what happens, uh, hopefully, on Sunday in Las Vegas.
0: There you go.
1: 2-0. Yeah, exactly. Feels Must feel good. great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do want to see 3-0 because I've never seen that before. All right. On to your head at. And we're going to talk about the Panthers first, uh, two good wins to start the season. Uh, I know the Jets one is, it doesn't look that well just cause they played a close game against a team that isn't that good, but the game against the saints. I mean, they played amazing. They held, uh, the saints offense who looked like it was going to be pretty high power going into this week, seven points. Uh, they shut down Jameis. They shut down the run game. This young, young Panthers defense is very, very exciting to watch. And their offense played pretty well as well. I mean, it helps a lot when you're, when you're on the field as much as you are because you're only allowing seven points and you're forcing three and out, turnovers, all that stuff. Uh, but this 426 points, can they sneak into the NFC playoffs when it's all said and done?
0: I'm going to say no, they don't. There's going to be a point in the season where they ask Sam Darnold to do too much. I've seen it before, many times. Uh, teams like Dallas, Washington, Chicago, the entire NFC West—they've um, been there before, and they're going to have some better luck. You got to remember, Carolina has the second youngest roster in the NFL behind the Jets, and I—I I just think they're going to—they're going to miss out. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I, I understand. They're, they just It's a year where they're growing. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely see that. I think they're going to be a very solid team in the next few years in the NFC and a team that is gonna, can put themselves on the map this year. And one reason why I don't think they're going to have to ask Sam Donald to do too much is because of CMC. CMC is a guy that you can dump the ball off uh, on just a wheel route or a flat route, and he's going to go get you 30 yards and ha- make three guys miss. Uh, guys like Robbie Anderson, where you put the ball in his hands, he's going to go make guys miss. And, or even if you throw the ball up to him, it's not a 50, 50 ball. It's a 60, 40, 70, 30 ball. Uh, DJ Moore, very good playmaker. Uh, they have guys all over Terrence Mitchell or Marshall, uh, a solid receiver as well, who you could might be able to see coming out in, in his next few weeks. Uh, but I like this Panthers team. The only thing that scares me is the teams that are ahead of them. Uh, I think when I think NFC play, NFC playoff picture, I see division winners and I see the NFC West. That's all I see right now is I, whether it's the Rams or Seattle or Arizona, whoever wins uh, the NFC West, the other three teams are going to be right there. But I do think it's possible from the overtake the Niners uh, just with how many injuries that they have. I think it's very this tough. Is true uh for the niners to sustain the two and start that they're going on. I mean Verrett's out, Dre Greenlaw's out, uh Bosa's back obviously and he's playing great, but all the all the running backs are out. Like every single one. Like, I don't know how it's even possible for Mostert to be hurt. Mitchell to be hurt, who should be back next week. Jermichael Hasty out eight weeks and Trey Sermon also hurt as well. It's just it's crazy what's going on there. And I'm not like trying to knock on the Niners. I just think that the Panthers, I like what they got going on. I think it's very, very possible for them to sneak into that seventh spot in the NFC playoffs, but for them to do that, they're going to have to get nine, 10 wins before week 15 because they have a very tough schedule in the season. They play, uh, the last four games of their season go at Bills, Buccaneers, uh, Saints, and then Buccaneers again, and I know they beat the shit out of the Saints just last week, but two games against the Buccaneers and one against the Bills, that's no joke. So they're going to have to be up there and then probably drop off a little bit to make the playoffs. All right. So we have Owen two, we have two and O let's talk about the team that you're the most confident in that is Owen two right now.
0: All right. I really wanted to say Indianapolis because of mm-hmm. Tennessee struggles. They don't look great, but they're not a great team too. And now Carson Wentz is having some more injury troubles. I think we're going to see some Jacob Eason, If not next week, Definitely the week after that, because Carson Wentz, he strained both ankles. Yes, yeah, He's already had surgery on his foot this year. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the Giants. I think they've already played their worst game of the year, and that was their game against Denver. They can only go up from there. The defense is great, of course, um, but I, I think Danny Dimes looks great. And if Jason Garrett figures out how to use all their new weapons, they're going to have a shot at the division still.
1: Yeah, uh, it's kind of like a, you don't have to be as good in the NFC East yeah. to, to be that playoff team, and I think that's a good uh, answer with the Giants. And I too wanted to say the Colts, but I just – something about them just seems off. The defense is decent, but it's not the same flying around one of the best defenses in the league that it was last year. I mean, I know they played two great offenses uh, in, in Los Angeles and in Seattle, but you can't win a lot of games allowing 30 points to those teams if you're – If you want to have a shot offense, it's going to put it up to those points. So my answer was the Colts, but I'm going to go with the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings are that good of a team, but they have the capability to knock down just about anybody in the NFL due to their offensive star power. They have a ton of guys on offense. I mean, Kirk cousins has had a very weird career, but he's a solid quarterback. Uh, Dalvin cook, one of the best running backs in the league, Justin Jefferson, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Adam Thielen, one of the most underrated, still underrated wide receivers in the league. I like the rookie KJ Osborne as well. I think he's been a big factor in their offense. Their defense, though, struggles. Uh, but who knows? Maybe they'll tie it in a couple games and beat the shit out of uh, a playoff team in the NFC. So I don't think any of these 0 2 teams are going to make the playoffs. But if the Vikings could string something together, who knows? Maybe there will be a team that uh, gets that eight spot.
0: It seems the like the Vikings playing a lot of trap games every year.
1: Yeah, no, that's always how it been, how's it how it's been with yeah. like because they're not going to be that first team in the division really mm-hmm. really ever because of the Packers. So they get that second place or third place schedule, and you see a lot of teams that were in those second and third place uh, slots in other divisions in most recent years start to move up, and so you have a team that hey this this is it's a big game uh, for them. And then they play a team in Minnesota and mm-hmm. everything changes from that. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Now we're two right. and O who are you the least confident in? That's a two and o team.
0: All right. I think Carolina is the easy choice here, but I already talked about them. So I'll go with another strategy here. Um, you can criticize me all you want on this one because uh, you know, they're both playing against their stereotypes. I had, as when I wrote this, It was a tie between the Raiders and the Broncos. Uh, Las Vegas playing great defense against good teams. And Bridgewater is throwing the ball deep, effectively. And, you know, uh, you're right to, uh, to say I'm wrong here, especially for the Raiders. You know, you're the Raider fans. But we all know who the kings of the West are. And the injury bug has gotten both of these teams, what seems like, I don't know, 10 years straight in a row. And already before I even wrote this, after Bradley Chubb just found out he's going to be out for half the season mm-hmm. with some knee issues. So I mean, I'm leaning towards Denver here now, N- no longer a tie, but it's, uh, it's still interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Denver and I, this is super, or I would say it's super biased. Uh, just, I hate Denver. I always have always will. Uh, I like Von Miller. That That's about it. I think Von Miller is really, very, very good character in the NFL scene uh, and he's a very good player. But besides that, I hate Denver and there's no reason why I shouldn't hate Denver because they're a divisional rival. Uh, sure. They beat the giants. I don't think the giants are that good. Sure. They beat the Jags by 10 points. The Jags suck though. Uh, they played the jets this week. So they should be three. No, but that's after that, that's when the schedule starts get, starts getting to go. And they have the Ravens in week four Steelers in week five Raiders in week six and Browns in week seven. Uh, yeah, I was thinking maybe they had to buy there, but, uh, those games are going to be tough. And as a Raider fan, if if we still got a spot where it's it's 5-0 Raiders versus 4-1 Broncos or whatever it is, or vice versa, mm-hmm. that game I'm going to be super pumped up for because I want to show the Broncos that they're not that good of a team. Uh, and so I'm going with the Broncos with this. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy that leads them into a playoff spot. Uh, I like the defense in the way that they're a they're solid defense, but – I mean, 13 points against the Giants and Jags. Sure, they're, they're good showings, but they're not. I'm not going to get off the floor or get on the floor and go, wow, this, this defense is something amazing because they're shutting down Trevor Lawrence, who hasn't won a game in his career, and Daniel Jones, who has been a career bust. So uh, we'll see in week four when they go against the Mark Jackson and the Ravens what they actually are. But for this week, that's going to be a Jets, boring game. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll, we'll put it on for 3-0 for them. So let's talk about the the Sunday night game. Uh Chiefs, they showed some vulnerability versus the Ravens. They showed some mm. that they actually can make mistakes. Uh I feel like we are all just writing them as the the team representing the AFC in the Super Bowl, because they've done it the last two years, and we we're assuming just that they're gonna do it for the third straight year. Are the Chiefs still your favorite in the AFC?
0: Yeah, the Chiefs are still the favorite. Um Mahomes had a little Brett Favre on him last night. I was telling the guys, you know, especially that pick when he was rolling mm-hmm. and threw it to nobody, pretty yeah. much. Um, and I think what makes this game bigger than it is is that Mahomes was perfect in September, undefeated, didn't throw a pick. But September is an overrated month to be great in. Ask Tom sure. Brady what his favorite month to be great in is, um, and yeah. I think I think the Chiefs will be just. I think fine. his
1: answer is January or February. Yes. It, the Chiefs. I feel like this game uh, against the Ravens. It. I. I still think the the Chiefs are the favorite, but I think it showed that the AFC is more open than than what we originally thought because there is only two two and O teams in the AFC, and both those teams are teams that you wouldn't have expected. You you would have thought maybe the Bills. You thought thought maybe the Steelers. Uh, thought maybe the Ravens. Thought maybe the Chiefs. The Chargers. But no, I mean, it, all those teams, it, it's a wide open gate right now. And I uh, even though I don't really think there's a team on the Chiefs level, <clears throat> I mean, things can happen in a game. It, it's just one game. And you, you don't really have the seven-game series that you have in baseball or, or, or basketball to to make a mistake in a game and, and be okay in a series. In the NFL playoffs, it's just one game. And if you're not good that one game, then – then you're gone. And so I, I still think it's the chiefs AFC to win, but it could be theirs to lose as well. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the dolphins. Now uh, they got crushed on Sunday, 35, nothing against the bills. And that was kind of their chance to say, Hey, I mean, we're, we're an AFC playoff team and, and we're putting two guys this year. And they got the bills, put it to them and in their own house. I mean, I know Miami is not the greatest football city, uh, but 35 nothing in your own house. Can't feel good. I know Tua got hurt. Jo- Jacoby Brissett came in and just played awful. Uh, so what? what is going on with this Dolphins mm. team and what are they?
0: All right. So I think this Dolphins team is a team that's buying into their culture and head coach. The only problem is that's 5% of the game right there. 95% is played on the field. Uh, I don't think Tua or Brissett are what they're looking for at all. But this is a team that's going to beat up on the Patriots and the Jets and try to sneak in to a wild card spot. And that's about as far as they can go.
1: I I don't know what the Dolphins are, to be honest with you. I think they're a very, very dull team uh, where nothing really pops out at you. But there's also not like a glaring flaw at this team uh, besides the quarterback play. And uh, you're not going to be good if you don't have a good quarterback unless you have – an absolutely 85 bears type defense Uh, and the dolphins don't have that. So I don't really think they're going to be a team that even six close to the playoff race. I think there could be a team that wins six to seven games this year uh, in a scenario where they don't allow more than 20 points in the game. I don't think they're going to win many games when they allow 22 plus uh, just because their offense you can't go. You can have as many good wide receivers as you want. You can have as many good running backs as you want. But if you have a shitty quarterback, you're not going to score points. And the same thing with their old line. I don't think their old line is that good as well. And so they're kind of just screwed. Uh, I feel like once we get to the offseason, I think we're definitely going to be talking about, oh, what's what's next for Tua? Mm-hmm. Who are they going to draft? Is Sam Howell going to be a Dolphin? Is Matt Corral going to be a Dolphin? I like that. Uh, is well is not someone, as a so Jets fan,
0: but as a fan of Matt Corral.
1: Yeah. Uh <laughs> so I think we're gonna be we're we're gonna be looking when it comes down to the end of the season of what this QB spot in Miami being a very favorable job as well as a very interesting job because that's really all they need before they turn into a solid team. Mm-hmm. Next up is the Packers. Packers got destroyed in week one by the Saints, Saints got destroyed in week two by the Panthers. Packers have to wait until Monday night to play in Lambeau and they show off Aaron Jones, four touchdowns. They only beat, I would say only, but they beat the Lions by 18, usually a team that they beat by 35 plus because the Lions have just been so shitty in the last, however long, pretty much their whole existence. Uh, but the Packers, is Aaron rod and the crew back? Are they, are they a hundred percent back to what we thought they were going into this season? No,
0: they're not back. Uh, I think Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams are going to do their thing. They'll always do their thing. They're great players, but Rodgers doesn't want to be there. Okay. And they hired Joe Barry as their defensive coordinator. If you don't know who that is, he was a defensive coordinator on the 0 and 16 Lions, and he still hasn't changed his scheme up. And, uh, you know, you could tell when you're watching. I think this is a team who will barely beat out the Bears for the division, but they'll play in a lot of ugly games this year.
1: Yeah, I'm, th- this Packers team is very confusing, just like how it's been every single year. I, I mean, we saw in 2019 uh, that they could beat just about anyone except for the Niners, and the Niners destroyed them two times in that season in the NFC Championship game and then like a Monday night game in Week 10 or something like that. And then last year, uh, it, was, it was somewhat similar in the way that they they could beat just about anyone except for the Bucs. They couldn't do it against the Bucs. They lost to them in the regular season, and they lost to them in the playoffs as well. And it's just weird. I don't know what to say. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I think he's going to be just fine this year. Devontae Adams is a great wide receiver. I think he's going to be just fine this year. Aaron Jones is a great running back. I think he's going to be just fine this year. Same thing with guys like Rob Tanyan, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. There are a whole bunch of good guys on that offense. Uh, And then when it comes to their defense, the Darius Smith on the IR, Jair Alexander is the best, one of the best corners in the game. And I think that side of the ball is going to be completely fine uh, for, or that side of the field with Jair Smith is going to be not Smith. Alexander is going to be completely fine with them. But besides that, there's a lot of holes. There is a lot of holes on their defense. Eric Stokes was getting toasted out there last night. And they're not going to win a lot of games. If they're allowing 25, 30 points a game, just because it's tough. And even if you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, it's not going to, it's not going to happen too often. I think they do win the division. I think they maybe win 11 or 10 games, but once it gets to the playoffs, I don't really don't see how they're, how they're going to do well uh, with with that defense. The most fun part of this episode Mm -hmm. now is coming up. Uh, The early, early, early MVP top five, our favorite for defensive rookie or not defensive rookie defensive player of the year, And then just our top three for rookie of the year, we're not splitting up in the offense and defense. Uh, Football is something like this you can speculate. You can't do it in the MLB. You can't do it in the NBA. We're two games in. Who's your MVP favorite? Just because it's a way different season. When you're playing 17 games in a year, you can't talk about the MVP uh, two games in the season. We do it for the Heisman in in college football. So give me – we'll go – We'll go your five, then my five, and then your four, my four, and so forth. So who's your number five in mm-hmm. your MVP rankings? My
0: number five for MVP is going to be Russell Wilson. We always talk about him in the first half of the year. He hasn't fallen off yet, so he's in the top five.
1: Yeah, Russell Wilson, I think, is the greatest first quarter of the season quarterback in NFL history, uh, except for, I guess, Patrick Mahomes. Uh But my number five is going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, We saw how good he was in week one, or not week one, week two in that Seattle game. But week one, you didn't really play too well. uh, And you can't really run the ball unless you're winning the game. So it's weird to put the running back in the MVP conversation, but I'll put him at number five
0: for this one. Mm, All right. Number four, Skyler. My number four is going to be Derrick Henry. Same reasons. He's the highest non quarterback on my list. And he's coming off of a 2,000 yard season. He just had a 183-yard game, at least rushing yards the Mm -hmm. other day. He's going to be solid.
1: I'm going with Kyler Murray at number four. I think he's been amazing this year for the Cardinals. Uh, The only thing that scares me is his interceptions, And he is a a gunslinger quarterback in in today's NFL. Uh, Obviously not the same way as before where you throw the same amount of picks as touchdowns. Uh, but he's not afraid to throw it in the traffic. And uh, I feel like that's kind of something that DeAndre Hopkins kind of taught him. Just give me a chance and I'll, I'll go and get it. Uh, and sometimes I can hurt you uh, because you don't have DeAndre Hopkins and guys like AJ Green and Rondell Moore, even though that they're very good wide receivers. And so that's going to hurt him a little bit. I think he's going to throw maybe 15, 20 picks this year. And if you're throwing 15, 20 picks, you're not going to be the MVP. Uh, but he's at four because he's made some, some amazing plays so far. Mm-hmm. Who's your number three?
0: All right. My number three is going to be Derek Carr. Two and O Raiders. He's been solid. Uh, not a lot of help around him. Um, I guess, you know, injury wise, I don't, I, you know what I mean? They have more help than the Jets do, but uh, they've had some brutal injuries. No running back, no lineman that he would like. Uh, and he's got the job done so far. So he's number three.
1: Number three for me is going to be Lamar Jackson. Uh, He kept the Ravens in a game that they did not play well on both sides of the ball in week one. I know he had a couple fumbles that actually lost the Ravens the game in that one, but I think he played amazing in that game and he was very fun to watch, Uh, even though I was rooting against them in that game, obviously. Uh, And then week two, he had the best win in his career. Uh, It's been a lot of winning in Lamar Jackson's career, but getting the monkey off his back, so to speak, is what... He said in the press conference, "Of beating the Chiefs is something that's big, and it's a confidence booster for this Baltimore team that we kind of thought had, had a lot of doubts going into Week two. Who's your number two?
0: All right, my number two is going to be Kyler Murray. He's been so electric this year. A big part of why the Cardinals are two and zero. I know the defense has been great, but that's fifty percent of the game. The other fifty percent is Kyler running for his life, making plays happen that shouldn't be happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Number two for me is going to be Derek Carr. I mean, he leads the league in passing right now. He's the only person in, that has over 800 yards and uh, also the only person over 700 yards as well, as nobody's gotten to that point. Uh, he's been playing some of the best football I've seen in his career, uh, minus the first quarter of the Baltimore game. Uh, the last, I guess, I guess you could say eight quarters because the overtime kind of counted as a full one. Uh, He's been absolutely amazing. He's making throws on great defenses and tight spots that he's just, he seems locked in and uh, you wouldn't think that he'd be able to get so locked in so quickly with the offensive line that, that he's dealing with right now with losing guys like Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. And I guess Trent Brown, even though he didn't play too much. And uh, Richie Incognito, even though he's still there and hurt Uh, Carr's been amazing. And then number one, I think I know who this is. Yeah. It's Uh, gotta
0: be Brady. Uh, nine touchdowns so far this year. He looks like he has an age in about 10 years. Um, great for Tampa, right?
1: Yeah, number one, I'm going to go with Benjamin Button. I mean, mm-hmm. sorry, Tom Brady, because uh, he's he's just like Benjamin Button. It looks like he's aging reversely. Uh, he's just, I don't know how it's possible. I mean, he's 44 years old. This dude can be a grandpa uh, at some point. So he'll be playing in the NFL, and it's it's a scary sight because like you just have to think how, how the hell is this even possible? I know he has a great team uh, in Tampa Bay. They have one of the best defenses in the league. He has one of the best supporting cast, if not the best supporting cast in the NFL on offense, but Tom Brady, I mean, MVP at age 44, who would have thought?
0: I believe he is the greatest Football player of all time, but I also think he is the luckiest football player of all time. Maybe the luckiest athlete of all time. I'm not trying to take anything away, but almost everything, except for the year when he tours ACL, almost everything's gone perfectly for him.
1: Yeah, but I feel like he also put himself in that spot. Oh, I I, I don't
0: I don't disagree. I just, you know, we put two and two together. You get the greatest quarterback of all time.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It, uh, I definitely think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know about, Lucky. I'd have to think about that more. Mm-hmm. Let's go to halftime, though.
0: Do you want to talk about the defensive player? and? The
1: oh, shit, yeah, my bad, my bad. All right. <laughs> uh, I skipped that. Uh, defensive player of the year right now, I think we both had the same person. together. who is it?
0: Yeah, it's Chandler Jones. Uh, yeah. do, do we need to talk anymore about
1: that? <laughs> we talked about him a lot last week. Uh, he didn't really do much in week two except for a couple pressures. Uh, but no sacks for him. Chandler Jones, mm. also my deep boy. And this is where I it kind of gets uh, fun. Oh,
0: you I, have just an honorable wanna, I just want to uh, point out my honorable mentions. Yeah, okay. Daniel Hunter, Minnesota, was causing Kyler some trouble. And Mike Edwards, two pick sixes for Tampa.
1: Yeah, two garbage time pick sixes in Tampa. That was, hey, they, those I add, add up, them. though. That's true. Uh, <laughs> pick sixes are still pick sixes when it comes down to it uh rookie of the year this is a very very mm-hmm. interesting award uh because this is kind of where you can go the most directions right now there isn't really a true standout in my opinion right now who's your number three
0: uh, my number three is going to be Azizo Jalari, uh the edge rusher from Georgia he didn't really have a place to play in the Giants defense week one but week two on Thursday night kind of broke out Had two sacks he's a fast man and he's going to get some sacks this year
1: that's true. I'm going to do an honorable mention first, and that's Najee. Najee uh, kind of really have a, uh, like a, a clear fit in week one against Buffalo. Uh, but in week two against the Raiders, he had a, he had a touchdown. He, they got him into space more often. I think it's going to be a guy, a guy that Pittsburgh kind of learns to use throughout the year as they realize the talent that he is. But number three for me is going to be Rondale Moore. Uh, two great games that started his NFL career, uh, hundred plus yards in, in the game against Minnesota. He's been very, very good in that vertical threat offense that the Cardinals have going on right now.
0: Who's your number two? My number two is going to be Odafe Jason. Owit, Baltimore <laughs> D lineman. He was great. On Sunday night, uh, he's mm-hmm. making plays, man. Even if he's not sacking the quarterback all the time, which he did, he did have one sack. He's not the ball loose. He's getting tackles for loss. He's been great.
1: He did have that very big uh, fumble, forced fumble yeah. to win them the game uh, from CEH. But number two for me is going to be Asante Samuel Jr. He already has a pick three passes defense, uh solid DB uh, that fell to the chargers in the second round. Uh, this year, and I think he's gonna be, I don't know, Pro Bowl caliber, but he's gonna be good in his career. All right. Now your number one guy.
0: My number one's Mac Jones. He's been the most consistent of the rookie quarterbacks. Um and you know, it's it's tough to grade all of them because not all of them have played very much. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't turn the ball over, even if he's the check down God, you know, that's better than what Zach Wilson did against the Patriots.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't throw a rookie quarterback on this list mm-hmm. just because of how Unimpressed. I mean, I've been impressed with Mac Jones in the way that he is kind of the most yeah. mature that we've seen a rookie quarterback being a little while, uh, but none of these guys have impressed as far as rookie quarterbacks goes. Lawrence has been gunslinger to the max. He's like Peyton Manning in his rookie year where he just throws the ball wherever he wants. Zach Wilson just hasn't been good in general. Can't hit a uh, target. Uh, Trey Lance hasn't played much. I mean, I know he's one for one with a touchdown, uh, but hasn't played much. Justin Fields hasn't played much either. He had in the game because Andy Dalton getting hurt, but it's only 13 passes that he threw. Uh, Davis Mills played for the, the Texans. We'll see him on Thursday night against mm-hmm. Carolina. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, and Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones has been good. Uh, won one, lost one game, but he's not really super impressed to me. So number one for me is going to be Jamar Chase. A touchdown in both games for the Bengals, a receiver, and he was the guy that we all kind of put a question mark on this pick. I mean, we know that the Burrow Chase connection was going to be fun. It's going to be fun regardless. Of watching their best friends. Yeah. We're going to get to see that that connection for a long time. But there's a big question mark in the sense that why do you not take Pene Sewell? Like uh, it just didn't make sense at the time. And if things are going the way that they go, it's not going to be a question mark anymore. Jamar Chase has looked the part uh, in in that Bengals offense. And it looks like he's going to be very valuable vertical target uh, for years to come.
0: If you couldn't tell, I uh, heavily weighed down the votes for edge rusher quarterback and O-line if you know, there was anyone else. Sewell's been okay. Uh, some other guards, but you know, nothing notable. But yeah, yes, yeah. that's, that's my reasoning.
1: Now, let's get to halftime. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh Niles, why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat when you rhyme. It's halftime. So let's talk about the NFL games that uh we, we haven't talked about already. Uh we're just gonna fly through them. Thursday night game, Washington beats the, the Giants 30 to 29 on a very interesting field goal. Uh, where the Giants jumped off sides and the kicker missed the field goal for Washington. Uh, and so they had to do it again, uh, five yards closer and he nails the field goal. Washington wins. Uh, Raiders beat the Steelers 26, 17 in Pittsburgh We already talked about that. The bears defeat the Bengals 20 to 17 in Chicago. Joe Burrow has a rough game. Roquan Smith picks six in this game and they get the job done. Browns defeat the Texans 31, 21 at home. Baker Mayfield went down for a little bit, but came back in this one. Tyrod Taylor did get hurt for the Texans and we're going to see Davis mills in week three Rams beat the Colts in Indianapolis. A uh, very good game. I didn't watch too much of it though. Cause the Raiders were playing at that time. Uh, but I know there was a special teams touchdown. I think that was for the Colts. So 27 uh, 24 though, in that game. Bills destroy the Dolphins, 35-0. Uh, Patriots defeat the Jets, 25-6. Niners beat the Eagles, 17-11. Seemed like a very dull game uh, from the outside. Not a lot of scoring, obviously. Panthers defeat the Saints, 27 or 26-7. Broncos defeat the Jags, 23-13. Cardinals and Vikings play perhaps the game of the week, 34-33. That Minnesota radio call on the field goal was crazy because he thought that he made it. They started mm-hmm. going crazy. And then they said, oh no, we missed it. And <laughs> the complete turnaround was crazy there. Uh of very impressed in that one, though. Uh Buccaneers 48 to 25. Uh win that game against the Falcons. They won that the fourth quarter 20 to nothing. And that was kind of the story of that game. Cowboys defeat the Chargers 20 to 17. I thought we all thought this uh this game is going to be a bit more high scoring. That game uh, but, sucks. But the Cal- it was a very, very close game. So it was fun to watch, Uh, <laughs> but I expected a little bit more in that one. Titans, Seahawks, another candidate for game of the week. 33-30 to overtime win for the Titans in Seattle. Good one for them on the way to bounce back. And then another candidate for uh game of the week, Ravens, Chiefs, 36-35 Ravens win, Uh, crazy ending in that one. And the Ravens came back. They score. They win the fourth quarter, 12 to nothing, and win that game uh, against Chiefs. Obviously, then Monday night we had the Packers and the Lions. Packers win 35 to 17. Skyler,
0: let's talk about some QB injuries. All right. So we talked about Carson. Well, we talked about all of these a little bit today, but Mm -hmm. we'll just go through them again in a little more detail. Carson Wentz. He sprained both ankles. He's also dealing with the foot surgery. Still questionable for next week. I. have a feeling we're going to see Jacob Eason, but nothing official yet for Carson yep. Wentz. Uh, the next guy, it's Tua Loa Ribs. He was knocked out of the game, carted off, a little scary, uh, but the x rays were negative. But they're going to run some more tests, so we won't know anything about him until Friday, at least, which I mean, it's kind of a lose lose situation for Miami, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a weird spot. Uh, I just want to win. I don't care. Yeah. Who uh,
0: against. Tyrod Taylor. Hamstring injury. He's on short-term IR. Like you said, Davis Mills, the rookie from Stanford, will start on Thursday. I hope he does well. I think Carolina is going to smack him around. Yeah, same. Uh, and then the last one, it's Andy Dalton with the knee. Nothing official yet there either, correct?
1: Uh, I know we know for a fact that it in a tear uh, and okay. anything, but uh, I think there's something like some weird contusion or something with mm. the strain too. Uh, we... I think it's Matt Nagy that said that we've seen these injuries before; they cause QBs to miss time, but not that much time.
0: All right, you know, I'm even though uh, we're supposed to be rivals with Justin Fields as a Jets fan, with drafting Zach Wilson instead, I'm still a fan of him. Yeah, you it's know, his, his middle name is the same as my first name. He's very exciting to watch. So, yeah, and that wraps up the uh, notable quarterback injuries. Let's get into the college football. Uh, oh, yeah. It was a pretty interesting week. All right, yeah. we're going to start off with number one, Bama, taking down number 11, Florida. 31-29, Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama, just did just enough to win mm-hmm. this game. The defense helped a lot, uh, only giving up six points in the fourth quarter. Florida almost had the comeback. Brian Robinson seals the deal on the ground for Bama. All right, the next game, Penn State and Auburn. This one was the whiteout game for Penn State. They had uh, what's it called? The game day game. They were the oh yeah, called game day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Penn State wins it twenty eight to twenty. Sean Clifford looked great for Penn State, um, and Auburn had some brutal targeting calls that hurt their defense. Uh, so Penn State's moving up, and I think Penn State's the third best team in the nation right now.
1: Okay, interesting. I, behind Bama and Georgia, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right, uh, the next game I want to talk about, not uh, huge for playoff implications, but West Virginia takes down number 15, VaTech Tech at home, 27 to 21, uh, rushing attack from Letty Brown from West Virginia, 160 yards and a touchdown. There you go. And they got another big game next week. I'll talk about it later. Uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech. <sighs> Clemson beats Georgia Tech 14 to 8. DJ Ugalele. Or uh, Ongo Uile. I'm not sure yet, but once he gets to the league, we'll we'll get it right.
1: Um, yeah, 100%. It's like played,
0: Yeah, there you go. He played horribly. I don't think Clemson's a top 15 team in the nation. They've been bad this year. I know they have a great defense. Dabo Sweeney's there, which means they're always going to be a threat. But mm-hmm. this year is not it. It's hard to watch this team this year.
1: Yeah, Clemson, I feel like is uh, – we just kind of assumed they were going to be a powerhouse because of uh, – mm-hmm. What they've been the last few years with all their NFL talent on both sides of the ball. But losing losing Trevor Lawrence does a lot for you.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into the Heisman Watch for week four. One of my favorite parts of, of the recent podcast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last honorable mention, it's going to be Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. He keeps winning. I don't know how. It's not pretty, but he keeps winning. So we get it's the honorable job mention. done, man. <laughs> Another honorable mention, Jack Cohn quarterback from notre dame the transfer he's been solid this year another big game next week that we'll talk about more and the last honorable mention b john robinson running back from texas he drops down a little bit just because you know some other guys have done some video game stuff recently but he's been great for texas a texas team that's you know rebuilding they're not back all this all this and that and uh he's been great okay let's get into the good stuff Number five, C.J. Stroud with a double stock down, Mm. 185 yards, one touchdown, one pick against Tulsa. Ohio State fans are already pleading for him to be benched. And, you know, I know it can be frustrating for an Ohio State fan. You just uh, came off of three great years of Justin Fields, but uh, or two and a half. Sorry, forgot about the transfer, (laughs) but um, (sighs) he's not going to win the Heisman this year, guys. But don't freak out yet.
1: Yeah, you kind of get the same thing as Trevor Lawrence uh, and Clemson. There, you just you you. I mean, Ohio State's been a powerhouse for as, as long as I, I remember, yeah. as far as college football goes. Uh, but you kind of fall fall in love in the fantasy that you're always going to be good because you have this superstar quarterback, mm-hmm. and now you don't. So you you still have that fantasy, even though it's it's unrealistic.
0: All right. So number four, with the double stock up, it's Sam Howell. I think he's back, Kyle. 420 yards, five touchdowns, one pick last week against Virginia. Like I said, after week one, he's not on a good team right now. He doesn't have a lot of support, but I had a feeling he would pick it up eventually because he's the top quarterback prospect for the NFL next year. Mm -hmm. All right. and number three, it's going to be Kenneth Walker, Michigan State running back. Oh, yeah. With the stock up, 190 total yards and a touchdown at Miami. They get the upset win. This guy's been nuts this year. It's been um,
1: really good.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, a team that everyone wrote off and have been writing off for the past couple of years because they can't win the big game. Well, they won a pretty big one.
1: Yeah, not the big one, but a, a bigger one.
0: Mm-hmm. Not the big one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Number two, staying the same. I still have Matt Corral, number two. Amazing week. And, like, I'm sure you know if you listen to the show, this is my guy right here. 403 total yards, seven touchdowns against... A Tulane team that is not bad. We've seen that this year. Um, their next game is at Alabama. That would be the game to push is them up to number weekend? one. That is next weekend. they have a bye.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: dang. next weekend. I know. I'm, I'm excited for that. <laughs> uh, and the number one spot, Bryce Young stays the same. 240 yards, three touchdowns, They're just enough to beat Florida. And I've been saying this. I feel this is his award to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, if he has 100%. a bad game, if he gets outplayed by Matt Corral, then it's a wrap for him.
1: I think. I don't I don't think it's necessarily outplayed. If he gets, I well, yeah. If he gets outplayed. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough for him to win this, uh, but it's also going to be easier for him to, to make it up. I feel like if Matt Corral has one bad game, like one, like really bad game, it's going to be very tough for them to make it up because they're not that, that big, big school mm-hmm. that is, Top of the rankings, uh, they're just that's cool. hey, they're it's moving outside. up there though, yeah,
0: true. All right, and they're speaking of close. the rankings, here you go, Cal. It's the CAP top 25.
1: Oh, yeah, so at number 25, we have Kansas State sneaking in uh, for the first time this year. Number 24, down 11 spots, is UCLA. Uh, Fresno State, who beat UCLA, is at number 22. North Carolina stays the same at number 21. Michigan State goes from unranked to number 20. Michigan at number 19 up six spots from number 25. Uh, Wisconsin stays the same at 18. Uh, we see Arkansas go up four spots to number 16. BYU go up eight spots, to number 15. Big win against Arizona state. Playing well uh, yeah. against uh after losing a guy like Zach Wilson. Yeah. Uh, number 14, Iowa State uh is staying the same. Ole Miss. Number 13, up four spots. Uh, Number 12, Notre Dame stays the same. Number 11, Florida stays the same. Ohio State goes down one spot to number 10. I wonder what the last time they were outside uh, or in double digits was. Uh, Probably a while. Yeah, probably quite a few years. And then number nine, Clemson, uh, down three spots from what they were before. Cincinnati stays the same at number eight. Texas A&M, the sleeper team of college football, kind of stays at number seven. Penn State moves up four spots to number six. Iowa stays the same at number five. Another sleeper team. Uh, And then Oklahoma down one spot to number four. Oregon moving up one spot to number three. And then Georgia (laughs) and Bama stay the same at number two and number one. I think it's kind of crazy how – I mean, I know Oregon's done everything to deserve. uh, A very high ranking in the AP pool. But what? Honestly, I think – that's you know, crazy.
0: And you know who That's makes crazy. the poll? The media makes the poll. I think the media is trying to portray that the Pac-12 is back. I don't think it's Pac-12, true. I and think I
1: the think, Pac-12 is – they have yeah. some of the most ranked schools out of any, in, any conference. So mm-hmm. I I think there's a lot of teams that are just outside of the ranking as well in, in that conference. Uh, like Teams like ASU, Stanford has been playing well. They have a big game against UCLA coming up. But the Pac-12, it's not like this outside Power Five school or conference that people have been thinking that it is the last few years. Mm -hmm. But that's gonna do it for halftime. Yeah. Uh, Is off the top of your head, do you know any big games in Week Four of college football?
0: Week Four of college football. I. Oh well, the game I picked for I'll I'll, I won't give you. Give it away. Uh, what I picked I got but... them right
1: now. Okay. The, go ahead. the biggest games. We got Notre Dame at Wisconsin. That's twelve versus eighteen. We have Texas A and M at Arkansas. Uh, Texas A and M is only a five point favorite in this game, uh, but that should be a good one. Clemson at NC State. I mean, NC State isn't ranked, but it's another test for Clemson. Uh, Iowa State at Baylor. Baylor's three zero and unranked, uh, so that should be fun. Uh and then I don't know about your boys.
0: Hope. Did you say uh UCLA Stanford?
1: UCLA Stanford is is a big one in my opinion. I don't I know think if it's a big one in a national opinion, uh, but should be fun to watch. I love watching Tanner McKee so far. He's been amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh let's see how that one goes. All right. But let's get back to where's your head at and end halftime. We're talking baseball here in the second half, and the Cardinals are absolutely rolling right now in, in the NL wild card i think the winners of nine in a row uh are either three or four games up in the wild card uh for that second spot in the nl uh three games up right now uh behind in front of cincinnati and san diego have we seen the cardinals before they do things uh just out of nowhere in, in the playoffs and how big of a sleeper can this cardinals team be if they Going to upset the Dodgers or the Giants, I guess maybe in in the wild card game.
0: I think we've seen it for the Cardinals. Their big sleeper of the year was getting this spot, and this was my pick. If you guys remember, maybe a couple months ago, about halfway through the year, um, who was going to win the wild card spots for the NL? I said the Cardinals. I thought they had the veteran presence and whatnot. To get here, but I think this is as far as they will go. Uh they're just they're you know average in every statistic you could think of, even the advanced statistics that foolish baseball loves so much. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn. <laughs> but uh Yeah, they're tough. I think I mean congratulations to them, but I, I don't see anything crazy happening.
1: The Cardinals, in a way, are very similar to the twenty nineteen Nationals in that they have had a very oh, good oh. September. They are a wild card team. The game's not going to be at home, obviously. But they have some great veteran presence. And they have... We forget that they have Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. And they still have guys like Tyler O'Neal who are crushing the ball. And uh, Tommy Edmond and a whole bunch of these other guys on their team that are are very, very good. And their bullpen is stellar. Uh, Alex Reyes and Giovanni Gallegos are fun to watch. And how... Cool would it be to see Adam Wainwright go into L.A. in a wild card game scenario mm-hmm. and take down a team like that? How much would that mean to the city of St. Louis that is now just a one-sport uh, city?
0: I would enjoy that.
1: That would be something crazy, and it could happen. I'm not saying it will. Just install it in your mind now of how cool that scenario would be come October 3rd or 4th, maybe yeah. 5th. I don't know, uh, but on to the next one, a wild card is staying mm-hmm. extremely close right now. It is currently Boston one and a half up on everybody else. Uh, Toronto with that second spot. The Yankees a half game out. A's two games out, and Seattle three games out. And then there's the Cleveland Indians if you want to talk about teams that aren't eliminated yet, mm-hmm. ten games out. Uh, but we're gonna exclude them from the picture. Mm-hmm. Let's, how are these next two weeks going to play? I know the Yankees have a tough schedule. Yeah. The A's have a tough schedule. What's going on?
0: So one week from today, Kyle, the Blue Jays-Yankees series. I think this is going to be the series. We have game 162, Garrett Cole versus Barrios in Toronto. That's going to be the game. That's two I'm weeks leaning, from now, I think. Um, September 30th. That's, oh, shit. So a week and a half. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the series starts next Tuesday. So I mean. Okay. But um, I'm leaning towards the Yankees here because having Cole in that game 162, if they can keep it close up to that series, that's big. I, I want to see Toronto. I think them being at home is great. And I, I'm not an expert. I can't tell you what's going to happen before that. But game 162, the Yankees are going to win with Cole.
1: This Blue Jays lineup is a- – lineup that can hit anybody and everybody whenever they want. And if they have a guy like Robbie Ray on the mound, I think it cancels out Garrett Cole. Cause Robbie Ray has been better than Garrett Cole this year. He's just like, there's whatever way you look at it. He's been better. And regardless if it's in New York, regardless if it's in Toronto, this, this is crazy. I mean, Toronto is a very fun team to watch right now. They've played a very good baseball in September and in late August, their lineup just doesn't slow down. They have uh, an MVP, not front runner, but runner up in Vladdy Jr. They have a guy who would also probably be in the MVP conversation if it wasn't for other guys in Marcus Simeon. Boba amazing. Teoscar Hernandez is so underrated. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel's is starting to heat up. All these guys are just so good. And their, their bullpen struggles... But the rotation, man, it's 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 one of the best in the league. And I think this Toronto team with Boston is going to be the two teams uh, that are representing in the AL wildcard game come uh, very early October. Let's talk about the Padres now. They had right. that scuffle uh, on Saturday night, I want to say, with Tatis and Machado, when Machado was, was saying, just go play baseball, yelling at him at the dugout. You're the best player in the world. Just go play baseball, I guess, Fernando. I don't think we know the full story of it yet, but it sounds like Fernando was thinking of himself rather than the team, and Machado got on him, which I think is a good thing in Machado's uh, scenario. But I also think it would have been a better spot to not do it in the dugout, especially in the in the spot that they're in because it's not looking pretty for San Diego right now. So if they miss the playoffs. We know AJ Preller is going to do something in the offseason. Mm-hmm. What is that going to be for them?
0: So they have Clevenger coming back next year. They have most of the guys they traded for or signed are not leaving either. I think they're going to go get some bats. I think they're going to try to filter out some of the guys who weren't great this year, like Hosmer. Um, It's It's hard to say, you know, everyone needs bullpen. That's definitely an option.
1: Open it, never hurts. It's, it's never not like hurt, they're no pitch, you their
0: starting been. pitching staff has been bad this year. They've just been hurt a little. Yeah. Injuries
1: matter. a little bad.
0: And Anyone could grab depth. I just, you know, having a guy like Profar getting a lot of at-bats on your team, that's not a division-winning team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, uh, I know I it's understand just one example, that. but it's – okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You look eager
1: to go. I think the first the first order of business is gonna be Jace Tingler being fired. I think that's easy, and very easy number one uh, thing to do. I don't think he's a good manager. We know he he's just I don't think he's it uh in in San Diego. I think they need a guy that more fits to their clubhouse. Uh in there, I don't know who that is right now, to be honest with you. Uh but they need to make a change. I know they they uh, fired the pitching coach about a month back. Uh, I don't know if that was the right move either, but I think Jace Tingler needs to be gone first. And as the Padres have done in the last few years, they just make move after 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 move. After move. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make another big one. Uh, I don't know what it is right now, whether it's signing somebody crazy like Corey Seager or just doing something that just doesn't make sense at first. Uh, they're gonna do something though. They're gonna do something very, very big. I think whether it's a trade or a signing, they're gonna add somebody who makes uh, triple-digit millions uh, in their contract to the roster uh, in this offseason, and should be interesting. Uh, with the Padres, they're just a weird team. You would think that this roster would win a hundred games, and. You they to struggle to win 85. Now, uh, after the short <laughs> little second half there, let's get to our bets and let's get on out of here. It's been a lot of football in on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baseball is to talk about down the stretch. Uh, we're going to talk about it more uh, come October. Obviously, once the playoffs start, we're going to have probably a full in-depth preview yeah, of two the weeks MLB playoffs uh, yeah. two weeks from now. Uh, should be interesting because I think the AL wildcard game is two weeks from now. Uh, but layups from last week, I had Denver minus six versus Jacksonville that covered that one by 10. Skyler had Kansas city minus three and a half at Baltimore. That did Dude, not hit. Obviously. It was a rough week for me. Yeah. Uh, and Brett had Niners minus three and a half over the Eagles. Uh, a lot of people having uh, talked to us about like, oh, our lines look so weird because they're not what the game day lines are. And it's, yeah, because we're making our picks on Tuesday when the games are on Sunday. So we have the very early lines that we're taking. uh, So that's the
0: best time to attack.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you feel strongly about something, do it now. And that's why we make our picks now. And my pick for this week is going to be Tennessee minus five versus Indianapolis because if Carson Wentz doesn't play that game, that line is going to go up to
0: 12. Yeah.
1: It's going to go up a lot. And so I'm taking that bet right now at minus five.
0: All right. A similar strategy here. I'm taking Den- Denver minus 10 and a half against the jets at home. This, I think by game time, the line probably should be about 14 and a half uh, the jets are going to get smacked. And obviously I, I don't hope that happens. I don't, <laughs> but like my friends say, I'm from the future. I know what's going to happen here with the jets.
1: That's I don't know if we've said that one before, uh but sure. Uh, on the bold predictions, uh, last week I had Dallas beating the Chargers. I think they were uh, the Chargers were three point favorites when I made this pick, and so picking the money line outright is I guess somewhat bold. So I go with Dallas beating the Chargers, and that does mm-hmm. happen. I'm four for four in, in NFL picks uh this year. Skyler had Indiana. Indiana over number eight Cincy. I'm very happy that did not happen. Uh, Go to work. Job done.
0: Indiana's up 14-0. I take a break. Check my phone. They get smacked.
1: Yeah. That's not so, what you like to see. When it says Ben Ritter. Uh, <laughs> and Brett had the Bengals over the Bears uh, and saying that was going to be the end of Dalton. In a way. Bengals were close. Uh But end of Dalton, maybe Uh, Matt Nagy made it very clear that Dalton's a starter. Dalton's a starter. Mm -hmm. Dalton's a starter, but we had the exact same thing happen last year with Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. I mean, they were still saying that Tyrod Taylor's a starter, even after he got hurt or sabotaged, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And then eventually just Herbert took over. And I think that's going to be the exact same thing that happens with uh, fields in Chicago. But this week, uh, right now, New Orleans are, is three-point favorites in New England versus the Patriots, and I have the Patriots beating New Orleans. New Orleans just didn't look good or last weekend, and New England looks a very polished, uh, no-mistake type team. I think their defense is still solid, and I think they're going to play well against New Orleans on Sunday. So I have New England beating New Orleans.
0: All right, I have Notre Dame winning at Wisconsin. They're a seven-point underdog. I know it's tough to win on the road in Wisconsin. Uh, Two very balanced teams, especially offenses going at each other. But the difference here is Jack Cohn has been a leader throwing the ball deep for Notre Dame. I think that's going to be big, except uh, expect the big tight end, Mayor from Notre Dame to have a big day. I'm taking the Fighting
1: Irish. There we go. That's going to do it for episode 54 though. I mean, yeah. what an episode, you know, week two, fun. These, these week <laughs> recaps are very fun. Uh, it's always, fun. Uh, we started the show talking about football and now that we're back to it, it's, it's very right. Uh, it feels very fitting to say the least and playoff baseball, obviously right around the corner, mm-hmm. uh, NBA basketball right around the corner as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll probably talk about that in the next few weeks. I don't NHL know. NHL in a couple of months, not much weeks. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if we're going to have a full in-depth <laughs> preview uh for all those things, but we'll have a we'll have a preview uh for sure. We'll probably mm-hmm. pick all p- our playoff teams, our finals picks, our MVP, and so forth. Uh but not for the NHL. We'll probably No. We'll we'll make our, our Stanley Cup picks. How about that? <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but besides that, uh that's going to do it. Uh for episode 54, Skyler, do you have any parting message that you want to do? Like parting maybe message. plug our Social media. Yeah,
0: well, I don't know about you guys, but I love going on Immaculate Sports Twitter during the games. You know, we get updates. If you can't be in front of your TV on Sunday, Kyle's got you with the updates.
1: Turn on the noties, man. You're going to know who's going for the most yards. You know who's going to be going off. You're going to know when the big plays happen.
0: I had one of my friends, Kevin, during the draft. He had our notifications on. He didn't even realize it was us. He's like, wow, these guys are telling me what's going on and I can't be home to watch the draft. This is awesome. Exactly.
1: You it's just very gotta helpful. have you gotta have a max sports on notifications. Mm. Go there do it right now. Uh it's a max sports on Twitter, uh Instagram, same exact thing A Max Sports, YouTube, TikTok, Immaculate Sports. I'm sorry, I'm sorry we should be posting on there more. Uh we'll get to it. Uh and yeah, it's been a fun episode. We'll be getting there. Goose we'll Gossage. to World Chapman.
0: Urlacher Thomas. We'll be back next week. Week three NFL, week four college football, baseball, game 162 previews,
1: possibly. Yeah.
0: And we love you. Go Jets. (laughs) Deuces.